Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. Just a language warning for this episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. Hi, Lauren Grace here, and welcome to the Afterlight Podcast, and I'm joined today by Stephanie Banks. Stephanie is a highly sought-after intuitive channel, a mentor, and guide who helps people connect on the soul level. She channels from the perspective of any soul currently on the planet, souls on the other side, purely non-physical beings such as spirit guides, as well as trees, animals, and Gaia. Connection and communication are the common themes in all of Stephanie's professional endeavors. And as a speech language pathologist, a birth doula, a lactation consultant, infant massage instructor, and intuitive channel. When her mother's dementia made verbal communication impossible, Stephanie found ways to communicate with her mother's soul. Goosebumps. This was the beginning of her channeling journey. And Stephanie's joining me today to talk about all things channeling. We're going to be talking about How was it that she was able to connect with her mother's soul? We're also going to be talking about channeling spirit guides, trees, animals, and Gaia. Say what now? And how does Stephanie know when she's channeling versus just stream of consciousness from her own mind? I'm sure Stephanie will also give us some tips and tricks on how you at home can get started on your own channeling journey. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to seeing what unfolds today. Me too. And you know, when we're at, you know, we're being used by the light, anything is possible. Anything can happen. So I think before we kind of get into the whole subject of channeling, I'd love to know from you a little bit about where your spiritual journey began. Have you always been spiritual? Was this something that you kind of learned through the situations that your mother had to go through with dementia, for example? I have always felt presence around me, but I can't say I would consider myself always having been spiritual. I didn't really even know how to define that until adulthood, but um, I've always felt a deep connection to animals and to the natural world and would really have true conversations with trees and with cats and with dogs and with other living beings outside of, you know, beyond the human. (laughs) So that was, I I figured everybody did. I didn't talk about it a lot. I really just assumed it was something innate within all of us. Um, But it was through necessity when my mother was diagnosed with dementia that I had to search for a way to connect and stay connected on a soul and spirit level with her while she was still in the body because she had dementia and that was interrupting the flow of our regular verbal communication as, as it does. So when you're talking about being able to connect with animals and trees, for example, and I know our listener at home um, may have some knowledge of this already, but I'd love to know for you, was it, I mean, were you actually hearing out loud with your real ears conversations or responses from these, the, I I was going to say entities, but that's not really right. But um, from these energies, or was it something that was sort of happening within your own mind? Like, when was it that you realized, were you walking through the forest and all of a sudden you heard, Hey girl, I like your new shirt. And you turned around and no one was there except for a tree. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh boy, would that be a great story to tell. <laughs> Um, I don't know so, why is that is my example. I, I'm going to be listening for that communication now going forward. <laughs> what do you think of this outfit? Well, my tree friends never comment on my clothing, so I'm going <laughs> to find out about that. Why? Why they have eliminated that from our yeah from the depth of our connection. <laughs> Um, it is a form of hearing. It's not, however, what we, it's not coming through sound waves in our ears. Um, it's clear audience, you know, it's a way of hearing, but it does feel different than what we are perceiving right now through the sound of my voice and the sound of your voice, because there's not a, a sound vibration coming through. It's, it's more of an experienced inner hearing. So that's how, that's how I experience it. And it, it, it is a voice, you know, we all have voices and, um, in our minds and that doesn't make us crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we have many different voices that help us along and remind us who we are, what we're doing, what tasks we have, what's important to us, where our values are. Um, and this is just another voice in, and in a different realm, in a, in a realm that the vocal cords aren't required, you know, trees and animals, they don't need to be using only vibrational um, sound vibration communication. It's a vibrational communication of a different type. So I do hear it in the way I've described. Um, and it, it didn't surprise me, you know, nothing that has been shared in my communications with my tree friends, for example, has been surprising. It's, it's more this beautiful, sweet invitation to pause and pay attention with them, not to them necessarily, although that's sometimes it, you know, there'll be a special sway in the breeze and, um, and I'll feel invited to look at that, but it is, it's this loving reminder for me to get really, really present, listen deeply and ask questions, um, that are on my heart and the natural world has answers for us. I have found, and the answers are always true and beautiful and useful and beneficial because we are the natural world <laughs> news yes. alert. Yes, yes. We have just separated ourselves through societal conditioning and cultural conditioning to believe that we are, I don't know, dominant. I don't believe that. To believe that we're separate. I don't believe that either. We're part of it. We are earth. We are nature. So to come back into integration with that and be able to receive communication and transmit communication is the greatest thing ever. So it's interesting because when I discovered that I was a medium and I learned, you know, started learning about different clairs and things like that, you know, I've been on my spiritual journey for most of my life, but it wasn't until a few years ago that I went, oh, I'm also clairaudient and I'm clairsentient, all these sort of things that I realized that I had all of these, I want to say spidey senses that I was mm -hmm. able to really tap into, to allow me to connect with the outside world. I really want to go back to my question again, in terms of, you know, how did it kind of happen for you? Because if you are all of a sudden, you know, let's say living your normal life, and please correct me if I'm wrong. And then one day you maybe ask a question or you hear something guidance from within your own mind. 
I mean, how were you able to discern that that wasn't guidance that was naturally coming from you? Or did you take a course and then you were intentional about being able to connect? Let's just use the trees as an example. And I guess one of the reasons why I want to clarify that is because if I have a listener at home who's saying, all right, well, I don't really understand how it works. But when I'm walking through the forest, sometimes what I get is I get an idea that pops into my mind, or I get maybe a feeling of, of comfort, or maybe of like this, this groan of ancient wisdom that's like wanting to come out within me that I can feel that in maybe in my heart is all of a sudden growing with love and compassion, but nothing has changed. So what I will say is that I don't remember a time when I was not communicating with animals and trees. So nothing was all of the sudden for me, there wasn't a certain moment or situation where I could pinpoint, this is when it all blew open and just shocked me. And (laughs) I began to believe this. I I have always to my memory been in that um, exchange with, with nature So, so there's that. The other thing is if we can agree that we are not separate from nature and from one another to, you know, to extend it out a bit, because I do believe in this, the oneness, the interconnectivity of all, all life and all beings, then the question about how do I know if I'm making this up in my mind, if I am generating this, or if this is coming from external becomes less of a necessity to tease it all out. If the messages are loving, are supportive, are guiding, are insightful, are, you know, um, elevating, then I, you know, I don't know that First of all, one can ever truly say there's no instrumentation to validate what is coming from within or from the spark of our own divinity, because Mm -hmm. there's that and there's not instrumentation fully, although the Institute of Noetic Sciences is doing a very good job in studying human potential in that way. But we can talk about that another time. Um, So what I like to how, how I like to encourage people to think about this is if if we if we ask ourselves the question, what if I'm just making this up? What if I'm just imagining this? Let's celebrate that possibility because mm-hmm. nothing can come through us without coming through the imagination. I could not channel if I didn't activate that aspect of my human creativity. I could not see the imagery that I see when I'm channeling. I wouldn't have access to the words that I have access to if I'm not engaged in the imagining. So I I prefer to look at it as it's it's a coming together. It's an everything joining up rather than a teasing apart what's mine, what's coming from the tree. What if we are melding? What if we are joining? What if it's a combination? And what if it doesn't matter if it's supportive and loving and generative in nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to go back for a second. I love what you've just said. And I, I want to jam on that for a second. So I'm just going to go back and say that um, maybe, maybe for a minute, we can define what you, what you feel is um, channeling. So when you're channeling, for example, 
is that, do you have to actually be channeling information or can you be just channeling privately without saying anything, maybe guidance from tree spirits or animals and the like, or do you just talk about that having the communication and the connection and it is different from channeling? And then a little bit later, I do want to talk about how you're talking about the oneness of all that there is, which I agree with, but our mm -hmm. ego wants to create that separation, which is where I think we kind of get stuck. But just before we go into that, is that a communication or is that a channeling? What's the difference? So when I'm channeling professionally in a session for a client, I that client asks me specific questions. They tell me who they want to tune into. And it can be any soul that's on the planet right now. That's actually my jam is to channel the souls that are here. Um, it can also be mediumship, the soul, you know, channeling the souls that are on the other side. It can be channeling from the natural world, but the client drives where we go. They steer mm -hmm. the session in terms of letting me know what to tune into. I have learned how to tune in, make space, get out of my own way and access whatever it is that they're wanting to tune into. Very rarely, there might be a soul who doesn't wish to come through. And if that is the case, then I will be provided with a spirit guide on their behalf. So the person who has the questions, uh, my client, will still get the insight and support they need, but it may not be coming directly from the soul they've requested. And when that happens, I am told that, shown that, I'm given that information, I can tell them that information and then channel from that perspective. Um, in my personal life, as I move about in the grocery stores and brushing my teeth and <laughs> things of that mundane nature, um, I am receiving connection and communication all the time, not from clients you know, beloved ones, I, I yeah. know how to put a clear container around that, but from my own guides, from my own higher self, from my own inner wisdom, from my own ancestors will come through and tap me on the shoulder and remind me of something or give me a giggle about something. I have very, very humorous spirit guides. And so that's how I experience my connection to it then. The way I define channeling is simply connecting to divine energy and wisdom. There are endless ways to channel, um, many forms of channeling, art and music and dance. All of these are, I believe, forms of channeling. Mm -hmm. So in my flavor of it, it comes through language. It comes through imagery. It comes through answers to questions, but not in a... Um, futuristic, predictive quality. I don't do any of that type of, of work, um, but we can tune into the energy that exists around everything, our relationships, our our soul's journeys, our, the meaning and purpose of our soul's um, existence here, past lifetime stuff comes through. That's always very interesting and fascinating. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I think that, you know, when we're looking at the subject of channeling versus communication, I think sometimes it can be confusing, but channeling is really a lot about delivering messages in a way. And then communication is a lot about messages being channeled through us as well. So they kind of work together, don't they? But I think mm -hmm. that the, the channeling concept is a lot about you almost setting up with that intention and then delivering messages to somebody versus a communication which could be channeled through from source into our own minds for our own 
highest good or our own guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think of it all the same, really. I mean, yeah. I, I actually call it channeling when I'm like, oh my gosh, that was such a great download or message for me. Yeah. And I'm going to, and nobody else is around but me, and I'm not doing it professionally at the moment, but that yeah. I call channeling as well. So, yeah. Yes. All right, cool. Can we talk briefly about the concept of the ego for a second? And then I'm really fascinated as well to hear about how you were able to connect with your mother, especially when she had dementia and really tap into her soul. I'm really loving to hear that story. But before that, I do want to talk about the ego briefly, because when you're talking about channeling, receiving communication, which we know is the same thing, I feel that, you know, you were talking a lot about the understanding the connectedness of, of the oneness of all that there is, you know, connecting to, to animals, connecting to trees and understanding that we are really one with all of that. The challenge though, can come in sometimes, right? When we do have that ego that really creates that separateness from us. And that leads me to my question where I wanted to ask you about how do you discern, how are you clear on when you're getting information it's of the highest good coming from source energy, coming from your guides, higher self, tree spirits, that sort of thing versus information that's coming through from the ego. Is mm-hmm. it the idea that maybe the ego isn't always elevating us? I love that you used that word earlier, or it's maybe not supporting us or talking to us in a tone that, you know, maybe our guides would talk to us in, for example. What I believe is that I specifically, and each of us really has a responsibility to our energetic hygiene. And if we have crappy self-care, um, that is going to leave us wide open for lower frequency energy to be perturbing, to be distracting, to be to mm-hmm. take up space. And so whether you call that ego or whether you consider that that is part of what feeds ego, you know, everybody has a different vantage vantage point of that. But in order for me to channel from the fifth dimensional consciousness, which is what I'm tuning into when I channel, it's unity consciousness, um, I have to maintain myself at a certain frequency. Uh, If I don't, there is a difference in the quality of the messages that come through. I do not attribute that to ego. I attribute that to my, the frequency that I'm holding. Oh, that's good. What, yeah. And so um, my team, my guidance team, my spirit guides, they do a phenomenal job of deflecting junky, clunky, low vibe energy. I almost never, I can't read. Well, I remember the last time it was years ago. When something felt like that was um, poking through during a session, and there were a number of factors that led to that exact situation, and I had plenty of advance warning from my guidance system that that was going to happen, and still I forged ahead. So we can, you know, we we can decline our own wisdom and the wisdom yeah. that comes towards us all the time, and that that's a that's a practice of ego to question ourselves, to, to doubt ourselves, to second guess. Where I see ego playing a, um, a challenging role um, for, for those that when I'm teaching channeling, most of the time, the most common time I see it surfacing in ways that I think are detrimental is in preventing us from trusting that deeper sense of wisdom. The ego is driven by, you know, to protect us. So, mm-hmm. and that's, I'm thankful for that. Like I, I don't yes. knock the ego. It's such a great thing. It's part of our, you know, everything. Yes. So 
it gets in the way when we put too much stock in the um, what ifs that it produces or constantly surfaces for us. What if I get it wrong? What if I don't do it right? What if this person hates me? What if I, you know, whatever. And so that is where I see the ego becoming problematic. I, I, um, it took me years to trust what was coming through and to trust that I'd had enough training and enough information and guidance and mentorship to start to serve in this way. Most of the people that I know are similar in that way. They're going to hesitate because of the voice of ego telling them they're not good enough. They're not ready. They're not sufficient. Yeah. All of us. (laughs) So, so that's really the, if there's a um, detriment to it, that's what I would say it is. I don't, I don't personally know, but I'm sure there are plenty out there, many who are channeling from the place of ego but I do tend to keep tight circles with those who are channeling from the highest vibrational loving frequency as you and I do. Yes. So tell me a bit about your energetic hygiene practice, mm-hmm. because I think that for myself, I can say that uh, sometimes I forget to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I'll be like cutting my cords every day, diligently, multiple times a day, doing all my light work, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes I'll go, oh, whoa, I just had the holidays and I wasn't as energetically, you know, in a line, like clearing as I should have. And all of a sudden I'm like washing my hands with salt, drinking salt water as much as possible. And right. You know what I mean? Because it's like, a- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so well, it, it varies for me too. And nothing is done with perfection. Um, so let me be really clear about that. I, I do meditations. I have certain ways that I like to meditate. I make sure that I am getting outside in nature daily, which is easy to do because I have three dogs. So that kind of ensures that I'm doing that because nature actually does clear and cleanse us just stepping outside among the, the sun and the sky and the clouds and the birds and the plants is so is so beautifully recalibrating to yes. our energy. So that's awesome energetic hygiene. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, dark chocolate is absolutely essential for my... Oh, sorry. Can you say that one more time? Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. <laughs> You cannot yes. channel without it. Well, I don't recommend it. <laughs> Have you ever heard of David Wells? Do you know that author? No. What's he's he fantastic. He's written a lot of um a lot of like psychic development books and stuff like that. He's from the UK. He's so funny. I would definitely recommend you check him out. But one of the things he always talks about is after doing some kind of meditation or experience, he always goes, go have a cup of tea and a couple of biscuits. <laughs> That's always how he wraps up. <laughs> everything. Yeah. It doesn't say yeah. dark chocolate, but it's similar. Well, he yeah. should. should. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe he hasn't discovered it yet. <laughs> There's time and hope for David Wells. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll send him a DM. You don't know me, but I really feel like you're missing an opportunity. <laughs> but, but you know, all the things that you mentioned that work for you, that's awesome. Energetic hygiene, whether it's use of crystals, use of salts, use of, I mean, exercise, we have to exercise. We have to move our bodies, absorb tons and tons of energy. Um, and it stagnates. And if stuff is stagnating, we're not going to be clear vessels for the love to come through. 
Um, relationships have everything to do with energetic hygiene. Are you being drained? Who needs to be cleared? Who needs to be loved on more? What boundaries do you need to put in place? to, to be, you know, to keep your bubble in the high vibrational field you need it to be in. Reading for me is important because that's another, it's learning, right? I, I'm studying all the time. Um, right now I'm working a lot with Michael Singer's work because I recently yeah. went to his temple of the universe with my kids and got to, um, yeah. And, um, so I just, I rotate through different teachers that's energetic hygiene too, right? Learning from others, practicing what, um, what works and what works for me is not necessarily going to work for everyone else with the exception of dark chocolate. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> unless you're allergic, don't use it then. Um, but that's, there's so many things, you know, the, the list is really endless, but it's basically self-love and self-compassion and self-care yeah. um, and self-approval. If you, if you're not in the generative energy of that for you, you really don't have much to offer others in my opinion. Yeah. And I think what it is as well is noticing when you're out of sync or out of alignment and you don't have to be a channeler. You don't have to be a light worker. You don't, you know, you don't have to be doing that kind of work, but it's noticing when, you know, even for myself, I'm reflecting as we're speaking here, because, you know, a little while ago I was feeling really kind of low energy and I thought it was my ego making me a victim and creating stories and situations out of nothing. But upon reflection, just right now, I realized, no, it's because I had two weeks of holidays where I was out of my natural rhythm and I wasn't taking care of my energetic hygiene in the way that I normally do, because I ha normally have a lot of alone time where I'm able to go within and, you know, sort of sort that out. <laughs> so yeah. would you say that's a big part of it as well as like kind of noticing when you're maybe out of your rhythm and then doing some of these things to kind of call yourself back in? Absolutely. And I think sometimes people think it's going to take a whole lot to bring us back into sync, but honestly, it can be 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. It can be that effective. If you are using a tool that works for you and get a whole lot of tools in your tool belt, because there are a lot of things that can work for each of us. Just, just do that. Just do that for a bit for me. I'm also renewing my yoga practice now after having spent some time away from it. That is very realigning for my energetic field. So just coming back into the love of this physical body and the way that it moves and takes care of me and the alignment that yoga practice, you know, provides. And I don't know, I could go on and on about it, but yes. yeah, it's, we're not far from it. And, and so don't use that as an excuse not to shift gears because it only can take literal minutes for you to feel the benefit of tapping into your highest vibration. I love how you said renewing your yoga practice, because I've been sort of out of sync with my yoga practice for a couple of years now, which is weird for me, but it's when I got my dog, it changed everything. So now I know what people with children go through and it, I've been compassionate with myself along that journey, but renewing my yoga practice is a really big focus for me. And I sometimes start, get back into it, drop out and get back into it. But I love the renewing, the word renewing. So thank you for sharing that, you know, just now, because yeah. it kind of repositions it in a way where it's not like I'm going to berate myself for not having been practicing regularly, where I'm just going to go, I'm renewing my connection. I remember I met, I met this woman on 
on a plane when I was in my twenties. And she's like, yoga is what you do when you love yourself. And I remember I went, okay, <laughs> whatever, whatever that means, you know, I'm in my twenties. I don't know what yoga is about. And then it's true. There's nothing, at least for myself, that makes me feel more loved and supported. Well, I'm sure there are some other things, but yoga is a really big one. Yes. I have a friend who says that yoga makes her feel like her own best friend. And I totally feel that too. Yeah. I absolutely feel that too. It's and there's so many different forms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to still go back to the story of your mother and dementia, but I keep getting kind of segued into these other things. So I really have to go with that for a minute because my guides are like, you need to remember, I know I'm hearing you. So we need to remember as well to ask for our guides and their support along the journey, right? Um, mm -hmm. I love how you're talking about brushing your teeth, doing these mundane things, going grocery shopping and whatnot, and then getting this guidance and the support from your guides. And I think one of the things that I tend to sometimes do is I forget to call them all the time. And sometimes I'll just keep going through the motions and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I haven't talked to them in a while or I haven't called on them for support. And I think I take maybe it for granted that when I get my ideas that drop in, I know where they're from and I'm thankful for them and I put that out there, but I'm not being as proactive as I could be to really set myself up for success. Can you talk a little bit about that for yourself and your your own journey. And I guess for a listener at home as well, it's just maybe a gentle reminder to call on that support that's there for us. Yes. So first off, just as a reminder to you, um, they're cool with it. Your guides are a-okay. <laughs> we're like, we're just having a nap. We're good. <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not off duty. They're not sleeping. They're still, yeah. you know, our guides are surrounding us all the time. They won't. I, this is what I believe. I don't believe they swoop in and do things for us. I believe that we, in our communication with them and our connection and our relationship have, we set up if we, if we, this is what I've done. Um, I have agreements with them. Can you guys always make sure that the clients who find their way to me are a vibrational match to the work I'm doing? That has, they have delivered on that more than 99% of the time. And like I said, the times it hasn't happened, they, they warned me, this is not a client for you, but I made myself show up to serve anyways, because back then I thought I had to. Um, so, so set, you can, you can set up these agreements and then set it and forget it because then they, <laughs> they take over what is, you know, what your requests are. This is how, how it goes. If we're in communication around it, they do love when we are in communication with them. Of course, they love appreciation, show appreciation, every single blessing in your life, show gratitude for that. Why not just taking breath right now is a miracle. Me looking out the window behind you and seeing how bright and sunny it is on those beautiful plants. And I think I see, is that a cardinal? Um, I don't even see the bird, not here. That's a candle. No, raise your hand way up. Like it's in the upper... Uh, to the to my right a little bit. Anyhow, I think oh, I see not a cardinal because I'm in Australia. I oh, don't it's your wind chime. Okay, it looked from here. I think it's a wind chime. Oh, it's is a wind chime. Yes, it is. Oh, yes. oh, it's inside. Okay. 
cameras playing tricks on us. Yes, but there may be a bird that shows up now. So let's just wait yeah. for that to happen, which <laughs> we, is exciting. We called it in. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, I don't want anyone to get stuck in the egoic voice of blame and shame. You should be talking to your guides more. They're not, they're going to be upset with you. No, I've yet to meet a guide that is upset with their person because their person hasn't been paying as much attention as they could. They are patient, they are present, and they are loving us no matter what. So but that being when, said, Stephanie, yeah. sometimes we suffer when we don't need to. And sometimes we forget that if we actually just said, hey, can you remind me that you're here, that we will be enveloped with that love and that support, and we will be able to get out of our own way. That's right. Yeah. I would say most of the time we suffer when we don't need to. Yes. Most those of us who have resources, right, who have ample food and shelter and are taken care of in that way, our suffering is usually self-generated from the mind. Yes. So, yeah, that's that's what we do. Thus Michael Singer's work because <laughs> which I've read multiple times. Yeah. The untethered soul and the surrender experiment for our listener yeah. at home. Get on it. That's, that's right. So let's go to the story about your mom. And so you were talking about how you've always had a connection with, um, with nature, with animals, always sort of been able to tap into this unseen world that was natural to you. So when your mom was diagnosed with dementia, were you sort of aware of where this may possibly go? Did you start to have communication challenges with her? And then all of a sudden you started to use your skills. Did this sort of open up the door? And again, it's that light in sometimes what seems to be a shadow experience set you kind of free into this whole world that maybe you hadn't tapped into before. How did it sort of begin? It took many years before my mother's dementia was actually properly diagnosed. So they kept misdiagnosing it as depression. And that was very confusing for all of us because mm -hmm. her personality was changing and her short-term memory was horrible. And she was having severe mood um, problems and swings. And it was, um, if, if that was depression, that wouldn't have made sense, but there, they didn't, she had a form of dementia that then was much more rare. It affected her in her fifties. Um, it's called frontotemporal dementia, and it is known to affect people in their forties and fifties. So, uh, and it looks very different than Alzheimer's. Lucky for me, I had a lot of clinical experience as a speech pathologist, um, working with people who had cognitive disorders or deficiencies. And so clinically, I knew what was going on, you know, what, what the data was with my mother. And so for a little while, I could apply some of that clinical knowledge. But when it's your own mom, that's <laughs> not going to work for very long. Yeah. And um, I found that. Don't you tell me what to do, Stephanie. Were you there? <laughs> I feel like she just popped in. She was like, mention yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. So I had, um, I found myself 
in awful conversations and struggles with her. I was frustrated with her. There was a lot of anger being stirred up. The mother-daughter relationship is oftentimes very complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might know. I do. Um, <laughs> and so it, it's not just in isolation. It's not like she was a patient walking through my speech therapy office that I could serve. It, this was my mom with all of our dense history with us. So I had a best friend at the time who was a very gifted channel. I only say was because she's on the other side right now. And I asked her, I begged her, will you please channel my mom? Because I am, I'm losing my mind here. I do not know what she needs from me. I am consistently making the wrong guesses, saying the wrong things, wishing that she wouldn't, uh, wishing not to spend more time together because it was so exhausting and, and frustrating for me. So she channeled my mom and um, she, her soul, my mother's soul came through and showed me um, where I needed to depart from trying to control, trying to fix, trying to address the dynamic that she and my father had, trying to stay ahead of, um, of things in the ways that I, that I thought were the best way to do it, how I could create space around her loving space, what some of the purpose or, or what some of the ways that she was going to be able to use the dementia to further her soul's advancement, because that's possible. Oh, so yes, yeah, some would say that's part of it. Um, and yeah, so I, I <laughs> learned, I was able to take this in and apply it as I moved through and let things settle, settle in that way. I practiced and tried some different things, tried letting go, tried using humor more, tried just, I tried to stop trying and that was exactly what was necessary. Then she and I were able to have a heart connection, a soul connection, um, a beautiful connection and allowed us, allowed me to show up for her in the way she needed for the remainder of her time here. Wow, that's so beautiful. So after that initial channeling from your friend, did you then start to channel your mother's soul yourself in your own time or was that guidance that came through sufficient to allow you to be present and to uh to act in alignment with you know the situation I I really felt then because I had not embarked on my own channeling journey at that time I had only just been exposed to channeling for the first time ever through this friend who I really trusted so um it took me a while before I started to trust my own sense for what was coming through my mother through me to me. Um, so I use my friend quite a bit. We had regular meetings. <laughs> That's what friends were for. Yes, exactly. And eventually, yes, I was able to trust myself in the moment with my mom to perceive what she might be trying to communicate, even when none of the words matched up, or even when she had no more words, because there came a time when that was the case as well. Um, that's a process. You know, I, I, I want people to know they can still communicate with their loved ones, even in these situations and circumstances, we can transcend traditional communication and go to that deeper place and just be in the listening. We're going to make lots of mistakes. I made tons of mistakes. I got it wrong all the time, but 
lucky for me, my mom always showed me when I got it wrong. <laughs> and then Can I could you give an example of that. Um, well, when I say wrong, get it wrong, shown? yeah, like, <clears throat> um, if she would say we go outside for a walk, I live in Florida, it's like 95 degrees here almost every day. And she'd put her arms like she was cold and say, I need to get my jacket. Yeah, we have to go back inside and get my jacket. And, you know, the left brain of me would be like, no, mom, it's 95 degrees. I promise you don't need a jacket. That's the wrong response <laughs> to someone who has, who wants a jacket. Forget yeah. the fact that she had dementia. Just go yeah. get her the damn jacket. Yeah. So I she learned. want that comfort and the, who exactly. knows, the color she might realize is yes. doing something for it. Yeah. There's all these other and, things. And what if she actually was cold? How would yeah. I know? Yeah. My experience internally is not <laughs> so, so that's getting it wrong, you know, trying to talk her out of it. And then, um, and, and then I learned just, okay, okay, let me go grab that for you. And then we had smooth connections. We had easier walks. She felt seen, she felt heard, she felt validated. She felt witnessed. That's mm -hmm. sacred work to be able to offer that to someone as their faculties are diminishing. It seems to me that there would have been numerous gifts that would have come from this experience um, to mention setting you on your channeling journey, realizing that there is this whole soul communication that we can have when people are in these, these uh, situations that kind of stop us from having the, you know, the communication we've always had with them. But a, a big word that's come to me, which I've written down, which of course is in alignment with your Michael Singer journey at the moment is that surrender word. It seems to me that it was a lot about not controlling and it was allowing things to be and that really is a complimentary word with all of the work that you do, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it really is that. It is that word. It reminds me of another moment where I would say I got it wrong again, or I wasn't in surrender. I was at the library with my mom and two, I had two very young children then, and actually two young children and a baby. Um, and she used to be able to attend to, you know, be, be helpful with my kids, but her dementia had reached the point where she was just completely in her own world and distracted by everything. And I was tired and it's exhausting to keep track of three small beings, plus a mother who can also trail off and go elsewhere. Mm. And I remember in the library feeling like, ah, oh, gosh, this is so annoying. Like I can't, I need all this help. And she can't even, because one of my kids had disappeared and that's very scary. Okay. <laughs> so she can't even be there for me, you know, as my, I need my mother to be. And so that's more of the egoic victimizing, you know, looking for what, what's lacking in hindsight. Um, what a miracle that I, was able to take my mom to the library with us sometimes and mm -hmm. take her on errands with us sometimes. And that was probably the highlight of her whole month or, you know, year perhaps, because it enriched her life to be in our presence and energy. It's hard to do that in the moment. And, and I don't yeah. want anyone to hold herself, themselves to that standard to, to do that perfectly because it's not possible to do it perfectly, but, but we can stay connected. We can, we can raise that. Maya Angelou also talked about how when we know better, we do better. And sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, you sharing that story to me and to our listener at home is maybe reminding us of when we've maybe acted in situations where we wish we'd done better. And it's like, but if you can learn from it, there's that light there. There's that mm -hmm. opportunity because 
we aren't meant to be here and be perfect. We're, we're works in progress. That's why we're here. Otherwise we would have checked out already. You know, we're meant to be that light shining for other people to show them how to do it. And sometimes we have to go through these experiences to know how to do it differently, to practice that self-love, that self-compassion within ourselves that we know is so important of the utmost importance in fact. That's right. And that's what it's all about. That's, that's why we're here. I really do agree with that. When you channel, and I know we're sort of getting to the end of our time here together, but when you channel, do you technically uh, speak or do you journal as well? And I wanted to ask you as well, whether or not you've ever attempted to channel and connect with your mother, or as you said, your, your dear friend who has crossed over. Mm -hmm. When I'm channeling, I'm speaking, it's coming through fluidly and fluently through language. Um, that's because I am a speech pathologist and I love language. So <laughs> that's how, that's my agreement with my guides to bring it through in that way. Because I, if I can't understand the general message, then I can't really make it that functional for my client. And I do like to process the messages with them right afterwards. So I can share the imagery that I was shown and all the other angles that came through as well. So, um, that's how I do it. I don't sit down and actively channel my mom only because she needs no invitation to come through. She, she is, that's why when I thought I saw a cardinal in your tree, I was like, that's my mom because she sends, she sends birds to me all the time. And she laughs hysterically because there is a cardinal that harasses us at my son's bedroom window. I'm not even lying. It will... It wakes him at five in the morning. It's scratching at his window. It's looking at him. It's pecking at the window. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, so we're good there with my mom. And in terms of my best friend, who's on the other side, yes, I do channel her. Um, and and I have so would you speak out loud and then record it and re-listen back to it? Or can you like speak and also listen at the same time? So most of the time when I have channeled her, it's been for our group of friends. So we okay. might gather together and then I'll say, Hey, Jen is here. Do you guys want to, you know, ask her anything or, and then we'll, we'll channel her. Um, and then I do, I always try to encourage people to record the messages because what I have found in the thousands of um, sessions and clients I've had they value this so much. They go back and listen. It is as relevant five years later as it was the moment that it was channeled and even more has unfolded. That's just the beauty and the magic of this communication for, with spirit. Mm -hmm. um, but when I am listen, when I'm communicating with, with her, with Jen, it's just a back and forth. I will talk out loud to her um, when I'm alone. <laughs> If people are around, I do it silently through my heart and I do hear her response and the way she guides me and the way yeah. she laughs and says, Oh girl, let that go. That is not for you. The, you know, we talked about this before. This is <laughs> oh, so that's, so that's awesome. how I, yeah. And in a way it's, it's interesting because when we know we don't die, I would imagine your relationship with her is so different now, but almost would you say it's closer in a way? Like you've got her on tap versus having to call her and set up a time. Like, yeah, it's a mixed bag. 
Yeah, because you can't hug her and you can't, I know. Yeah, because of course I would prefer her to be here in the flesh so that I can have tea with her on her patio and we can channel for each other. Um, but I also have a lot of joy in in the freedom of her soul and, and the, her, her spirit being everywhere there's celebration and in the in the human three-dimensional way there's sorrow yes of course well I don't want to end on that note Stephanie but we're, we're out of I'm, time. I'm okay with it I'm like, well, yeah it seems like well okay so we I mean we are out of time at the moment so <laughs> I, I guess what I'd love to know is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk on because channeling and I mean I just feel like we have so many things to discuss we probably have to set up a part two and you know have a different kind of focus on it or something like that but is there anything you felt called to speak about today that I didn't ask you that you wanted to maybe leave our listeners with at home as a final sort of thought I, I just like to encourage people to give this a try, you know, talk, talk to your animals, talk to the trees in your neighborhood, talk to the birds, connect with the worms, even they, especially they have messages for us. Um, so we are here in this miracle of a body on this miracle of a planet that is spinning around in the middle of what, right? Like this is just, yeah. and we're just here for the blink of an eye. Yeah. So, so be, be present, be full hearted and, um, and give it a go where you're here as a channel. All of us are, I believe channel That's of love. Well, thank you so much, my sister. And I'll put a link to all your contact information as well in the show thank notes. You. Thank you for being here. Thank you too. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.